Godlike listening on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. What a joy it is for me to have this week on the podcast, Dr. Robert Jones, who's professor of biblical counseling at the Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He's an author that many of you are familiar with. He's written a recent book with Rob Green and Kristen Kellum that's just released called The Gospel for Disordered Lives, An Introduction to Christ-Centered Counseling. Dr. Jones, it's so great to have you here with me and to talk about this important subject of, of listening and listening in a, in a God-like Way. Thank you, brother, for joining me. Glad to be here. Now, this this topic of listening is certainly familiar with counselors of all stripes in all spaces. It's a topic that we speak about quite a bit. And it's interesting to me, particularly for biblical counselors, we, we love to talk about this idea of listening. And as a seasoned counselor, it's interesting to me that you've revisited this idea. We talk about it a lot, but you're, you're focusing us in a direction of God-like listening. I love that direction. It, it, it tunes our ears in a different way. I want to ask you a couple of questions about this as we explore a topic that you've taught about. So what, what led you to address this particular topic of listening in counseling? You know, years ago, Dale, I was a young pastor and I did this massive study about listening. I looked up every verse in scripture with a computer help to talk about ears and hear and listen and those kinds of words. And I was just amazed at how much the scriptures taught about. And that was before I was as heavily into counseling as I've been since then. And then since then, of course, done a lot of counseling and just see the need for us to continue to focus on that. And particularly, I think, as you and I would know, Dale, that our, our movement has sometimes been criticized as not being good listeners, and I just wanted to give some greater emphasis on that again. No, I think that's great, and, and this is something we need to constantly be visiting. I think even as you warn in that statement, it, it's easy for us to sort of get in in a rut in the way in which we counsel. We, we, oh, I've heard anxiety in this issue a thousand times, and we just start speaking. We need to slow down and revisit, and I, I think that's wise. I want to also commend all of you as counselors it's a good thing for you to do exactly what Dr. Jones did is he wanted to sit down and study the word to listen, to hear what God had to say on this subject. We, we hear lots of people talk about lots of different subjects. I want to encourage you as a counselor, you need to pause your life at times and just hear what God says about a particular subject. And, and so I think that's great. Now, from that study, Dr. Jones, what were some of the lessons from scripture that, that most impacted you from it? Yeah, let me echo the one thought there that you just said, and, and that is what distinguishes biblical counseling from so much other forms of, you know, quote, Christian counseling is our intense desire to want to know what Scripture teaches. So as I dug into God's Word, uh, one of the first things that really jumped off, the, you know, the, the screen for me, Dale, was the way that God is a listener. And, and even particularly, the first thing I began to see is how God listens to God, even within the Trinity. So you read in John 14, 15, 16, around there, and you just learn that the Father listens to the Son, the Son listens to the Father, the Holy Spirit listens to the Father and Son. It's a very God-like thing to do. And then, of course, we moved into the rest of the Scripture where God is a listener to us. Now, as you talk about God-like listening, it's one thing to talk about this in, in the nature of the Trinity and it being exemplified even by God himself. 
But now to bring something like that into the counseling room. So what would God-like listening actually look like in a counseling session? Well, for me, it begins with an intentionality that when I'm sitting down with that person, I'm very conscious of the fact that I have been listened to by the God of all grace. And so I have that model in my mind. I also have the model in which he is one who has called me to be a good listener. And so I think it really begins with an intentionality that I'm here to listen well to this person. When you begin to think about what that looks like more particularly, I've tended to break that down uh, into the categories of, of listening actively and attentively. That's sort of one of the major takeaways from that Bible study, by the way. And the other one is, I would say, learning to listen in a caring, compassionate way, you know, inclining and asking God to give me a heart that really understands and weeps with those who weeps and rejoices with those who rejoice. As we think about listening even even more so, as I mentioned earlier, lots of counselors from all different stripes focus on this idea of listening. And it's a critical skill, certainly, that we learn that the Bible promotes it. So it's especially important for us as biblical counselors. And secular researchers have, have made some helpful observations when it comes to effective listening, how to listen well, certain things to pay attention to. And, you know, active listening is talked about quite a bit. So what do, what do we as biblical counselors bring to the table that those secular researchers can't bring? I think it's that sense of God is present in this room, that there's a real sense in which it is the Spirit of God who's the active agent in that room, and I'm trying to represent the Spirit of God as I, I'm trying to listen well to what the person is saying. So I, again, I think the motivation and the presence of God is just makes it totally different. Because as you pointed out, I think there are good observations that uh, you get in the field, what they would call the field of micro skills. There's a lot of books out there, and some of them can be very helpful in terms of you know, just some of the observations they make and things like that. And some of it's just common sense that we don't even think about. But I really do find that Christ-centered motivation is what's going to distinguish us from all those many secular books. Now, as a, as a seasoned counselor, and you've been doing this for many, many years, I want to throw out one additional question I think might be helpful for those who are listening who maybe are at the beginning of their time learning how to counsel, they're novices at counseling. How do you think you listen differently now after years of experience, some of the things the Lord has taught you? What are some ways that you've improved along the way at how you listen and pay attention to your counselees? I think early on, as I studied the scriptures, I saw the categories and began to understand what the Bible teaches about anxiety or about adultery and things like that. Probably what's shifted more, Dale, in more recent years has been a recognition that I, I don't counsel a worrier. I counsel Jill, who struggles with worry. I don't counsel an adulterer. I counsel Tom, who committed adultery. And, and just understanding the, the how the scripture speaks into the individual world. So we're starting with Bible categories and we're letting the Bible drive all our thinking, but we're recognizing that what's coming out in Jill or Tom or whoever is specifics and peculiarities in their life that need the Bible to be tailored well. And that's only going to come when I listen well and effectively enter their world. All right. So we've talked about secular research and things that, that can be helpful. 
But there's definitely something distinct and different in the way that we as biblical counselors hear and listen passages of scripture that are, are very encouraging. So as you work through this study, were there any particular key passages that just, you know, sort of left off the page? And that happens to us when we study and we see things at particular times that the Lord just makes very meaningful to our ministry. Any passages like that that, that leapt off the page at you? Some of those examples of how God listens to his people, one that just jumped off for me is the story of the Exodus. And when we think of Exodus, we might think of the, uh, you know, the splitting of the Red Sea and all that. But it didn't really begin there. It, it didn't begin there. It didn't begin with the 10 plagues. It didn't begin with Aaron's rod doing things that the magicians couldn't do. It didn't even begin with a burning bush. It actually began in the end of Exodus chapter 2 where it says, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And then verse 24, Exodus 2, 24, God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. That's where the Exodus begins. It begins with the ears of God who hears his people in their suffering and makes his commitment to pursue the redemptive story. And you go on to chapter three, and the same thing is happening again, where God meets with Moses and explains to Moses exactly what he's up to and how God came down and heard his people. So that's just been a, almost a visual model in my mind of God coming down and, and listening to his people and bringing the redemptive work, culminating for us, of course, brother, in Jesus Christ. Well, even as you talk about that, I'm just so encouraged as a counselor that we, we can be encouraged by the way in which God hears, and we can bring our requests, even as, as counselees are, are burdened, they're heavy laden with issues that not only are we trying to listen to what they're saying, but, but we can help them and encourage them that God is a God who hears. He, he listens to, to us, and we can bring our, our cares and concerns before Him. Sprinkling all throughout the Psalms, too, of course. We could go all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. And He's not afraid to hear our, our cries. That's exactly right. Now, before I let you go, I, I want to ask you about this new book that I mentioned at the beginning that I think would be helpful. I'll remind you again, The Gospel for D- Disordered Lives. It's an introduction to Christ-centered counseling. and you Christ-centered biblical counseling. Christ-centered biblical counseling. And, and I, I mentioned a couple of co-authors with you. The, the one thing that was really great to me is you certainly revisit some of the basics for us, and, and we always need to revisit that. That's not just for novices. We, we all need to revisit those basics. But even toward the end of the book, you, you guys go into great detail about so many issues that we see in the counseling room and, and learning how to put some of those basics into practice, certainly listening, being a part of that. Talk for just a second about, about that book, sort of how it came about and, and the direction you guys tried to take it. Well, we wanted something, all three of us are professors in teaching, we wanted something that could be a uh, one-book introduction, truly an introduction. So yes, it does begin with some basics about biblical theological things, and then we move into a middle section on methodology. And then the last section, which is almost half the book, you know, 20 of the 40 chapters, short chapters on a whole bunch of topics. And so we just wanted to give everyone at least some basic biblical categories and biblical resources on anxiety, anger, depression, just the typical stuff that we run into in in counseling. 
Well, Dr. Jones, I pray that this book goes well. I'm excited that it's out. I do think a healthy introduction is is something that's going to be really helpful to, to so many for somebody who teaches in a seminary. I think this is going to be something that's useful. And so hopefully you all will, will pick it up as well. Thank you so much for being with us and helping us to revisit this very important topic that sometimes gets overlooked, this issue of listening. So thank you. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. One of the best ways for us to, to grow as a counselor is to make sure we're growing constantly in our skill of listening. And I'm so grateful to Bob for joining us today, helping us to understand this, this task even better. All of us, whatever stage you are in counseling, you need to learn to grow as a listener, to hear well, to understand data. It, it leads to interpreting properly. I want to mention a couple of things this week. We will be out, me and several of our staff members will be out in California at the Masters Academy International one-day conference. We'll have a booth there. We'd love to say hello to you. We'll be at the Shepherds Conference all week. And we're even going to take a few visits over to the Masters University. If you're a student, we would love to meet you to encourage you uh, in your degree in biblical counseling and all the Lord is doing in the biblical counseling movement. And we would love to say hello. So if you're in and around those parts, we would love to say hello to you, to meet you, to shake your hand, to encourage the work that you're doing. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, so hopefully you'll you'll visit us at, at that conference this week. The last thing I want to mention today is today's podcast was based on a breakout session given by Dr. Bob Jones at our annual conference in 2021. And that resource in full can be found at our website along with many other resources at biblicalcounseling.com.